0: I kind of
1: Welcome to 90% Hits, a podcast that once was about the number one singles in the 90s throughout Australia. My name is Danny Yao and with me as usual is Tim Coyle. You know, someone
2: once told me that 90% Hits is a flat circle and that every song that we ever listen to just keeps repeating over and over and that all the little boys and girls that listen to Please Forgive Me and had to endure it, have to endure it again and again and again. And that's why I didn't give you a lift to you tonight. Uh,
1: Tim, uh, Casey Atkins.
3: I'm tired and my back hurts.
1: <laughs> and uh, on the sofa, Tim Byron.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All on the uh, so this is a strange episode that will be unlike any other episode we've done, which is kind of just going to have a little bit of a chat. We've completed our sort of project that me and Tim Coyle came up with over a coffee on one board afternoon and we actually did it. So yeah, I guess that's the first thing I wanted to ask everyone is how do we feel? I mean, it's been a month since we've gotten together. It's been a while, but having done this project, how do we feel about how it went?
4: It's sort of a relief that it's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm really glad we don't have to go into like crazy frog and stuff from like 2002 or three.
3: Yeah, I'm, and I'm kind of relieved that you were the one to say that too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I got, um, I don't know about you guys, but to, towards the end there, I, I was starting to really not enjoy the songs. Like, I was enjoying the chat and I was enjoying yeah. the, um, the whole, um, you know, the, the whole thing of putting the podcast out and all of that, but the songs were really starting to get to me. Yeah, the late 90s was kind of a little bit of a
2: crater that we'd fallen into and mm. then at the bottom of which yeah. was just, a giant pile of complete and other shit. So swimming in around swimming around in that for a couple of weeks.
4: Was just. But also I think like, you know, the ages that we're uh, we just did stop paying attention to pop music, like circa 97, 98, 99 for different people here. And
2: like, I wasn't paying attention so
4: by 99.
2: Could, there's possibly other things that play there, but yeah. we might touch on that a little bit later. So.
1: Um, I mean, I'm just trying to actually lost count. How many episodes do we actually do? Like, Was it 38? Was it the last one we put up? And yeah, it was 37 or 38 or something yeah. like that. That's a, a long thing, and we did it, it's almost been a year since we started, I think, a lot more. I, I
3: f- for some reason it's in my head that it was March, I think it was the exact year, but I could be wrong about that. So uh, yeah. These these are all things that we possibly could have looked up before we uh, started. <laughs> but we're uh, a <laughs> Research! <laughs> yeah, I know. No. We're insanely underprepared for tonight's episode, but I think that's kind of okay, because we're like insanely overprepared for most of the others, so, what you, you know. are talking
1: about? We've all had beer? <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. My is like, well, not preparation. Preparation preparation is a is a good point and, and I wanted to talk about that. Casey, I know you in particular. Yes. When we started this project, you you had a rule about wanting to listen to I Everything ha- at least once. So ha- you
2: listened to every song at least once in the week leading up to this, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. I did.
3: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I not To this? No. Um, yeah, that, so that was my rule. I, am from the very, very start, I made myself actually with one week as the exception, which was week number one, when I didn't actually listen to the songs. Um, but you knew them. Of course I knew them, and it was fucking love show. Um, but then I thought, well, it was a little bit silly and and you guys started bringing up some things that, um, I think I just assumed that I'd know the songs well enough. Um, and you guys started bringing up some stuff about some of those songs that I had plenty to say about. Then I was like, yeah, I probably should have had a listen before. And talking about the video clips and all that. Mm. So I thought, okay, let's make that a rule and I'll make myself, um, listen to every, every song at least once. And then... Especially later on, um, I, it became a new thing where I would play all of the songs to my four to five year old son as well. Four who became five year old son uh, as well and get his reactions, which um, backfired a little bit because he really, really, really likes Five, Six, Seven, Eight by Steps. <laughs> <laughs> he really likes it. And he still
4: wants you to listen to it? Oh, yeah.
3: Ah. Uh, yeah, he still listens to that's it. That's the target market. Yeah, indeed. So, but yeah, so that was kind of my main process in terms of preparation
1: and you were listening to on um, spotify or something audio or was my thing cool. yeah. Yeah. yes mm. yeah okay. what about you team
4: well for me a lot of these songs were like probably for the six months or so or a year before we actually started doing the podcast i started collecting uh, 100% hits compilations and hit machine compilations and, and I had a playlist of them. and were we were Just listening. like secondhand shops and stuff? Yeah, or? mostly eBay. Oh, okay. really?
3: eBay and... Um, the world's secondhand store. Yeah, yeah.
4: And, <laughs> and the Lifeline Book Fest in Brisbane like would have like a lot of them for about $2.50 each. Yeah, awesome. And um, and so I've got most of them now, I think. And, um, but yeah, so I was listening to those for sort of the six months to a year beforehand. And so a lot of these, uh, for me, were things I was starting to sort of get familiar with because we listen in the car and it'd be funny to talk about... Uh, we. With my partner, J.D. And, um, yeah, so in terms of preparation for the individual shows, like, I would prepare, like, sort of jokes because I wanted to be prepared for jokes. <laughs> and I'd read, like, the Wikipedia page for the artists, but I rarely kind of did much more than that in terms of, um, you know, trying to figure out who they were. And I just knew things or remembered things from
2: the time yeah I held my nose and dived <laughs> <a> in <bit. laughs> um, I, I think similar to, to Casey just listen to everything at least once I probably listen to things a lot more than once yeah. um, just because that's the kind of listener I am um, I'm pretty fascinated particularly by that early 90s period it's something I've looked at and researched and written about a lot so uh, I think that was that was handy in preparing me for talking about a lot of this stuff and giving me a lot of the the context in in which to discuss these things and as Tim Byron says a lot of these things just lend themselves to um to uh being the butt of a joke so you do yeah. cast your net pretty far and wide in the uh the the depths of the internet, in order <laughs> to come up with some of these things, and you know, that played out. We've got things from songmeanings.com, <laughs> yeah, and songmeanings.com was a bit of a goal, yeah, though. just sheer stupidity, that- and that fits a lot of what we covered because. Yeah. <laughs> The and then there was the, the Adam Juritz and Michael Stipe True Detective <laughs> no. show that Tim Coyle came up with. Her. Yeah.
4: stipey you do.
1: Yeah. You do. <laughs> they ended up recasting it on HBO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah you know, the is just kind of yeah. buy me a few checks. And... They, did, they did find a bold southern guy to play Marty. But, um, uh, for me, I was very much, I watched the videos. Like, that was my main thing. I, I think you guys, I think somewhere early on, I realized that. I didn't have every track on my iPod, and there were even some that we had trouble finding on streaming services. There were a few, yeah. And so so I sort of went to YouTube first off going forward. And then. Australian music in particular, uh, we found a little bit of a trend that. A
3: lot of these songs were very difficult to to track down. I
1: think the first one was Dipple's D. Serves. Remember Dipple's D? That's right. Yeah. That
3: that just was not anywhere to be found in the world, and that was a licensing thing. I think we yeah. sort of decided yeah. we don't. Well, mean, a,
4: there's that thing that happened with um recently with De La Soul. Where they couldn't put their songs up on the on these sort of streaming services because they the they couldn't get the rights to the samples yeah. that they used. I mean, yeah. a,
2: there were two different things going on with the availability. that um, some were legal issues, as yeah, the Dimples D one. That yeah, Tim Byron was explaining there, and other and the other is just incompetence.
4: Yeah, that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah the, and there the, might be another artist or two that have been listening to Radiohead. Well, what they've been saying about Spotify and how you should be on it so exactly. incompetence
3: and indecision I think yeah. like the people that just maybe um don't know quite enough about it or are a bit scared of it and are just still kind of holding out or something I don't know it's like things like um uh I mean we Danny and I had this conversation a few times about some of those artists Savage Garden were one of the the big yeah. ones that were really I was gonna bring yeah. oddly held out from streaming services like what yeah. the hell's that like no one's going to go and buy, um, I don't know about no one, but few people are going to go and buy Savage Garden Records, but quite a lot of people are going to bring those songs up on Spotify, I reckon. So what the hell are they holding out for? Why, why not take the 0.8 cents where you can get it? Because they don't need another wing on their mansions? Well, yeah. Or, <laughs> you
4: know? Right? Like, it's, that, that actually is they actually make enough for Spotify to get a wing of a mansion? That's yeah. the thing. Maybe but they why...
1: could renovate a bathroom. So why care? But... So why can't? So care? Care. Just do it. Yeah. But why can't? Why do it?
3: Why not do it? It's not like they have to do anything. They just have to say, all right, then do it.
1: In that particular example, in the examples that I've worked with, it it involved two people who probably don't want to talk to each other to talk to each other. Right. okay. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. You know, that's one of the reasons where you get things like Cold Chisel and Led Zeppelin and stuff not getting on iTunes for so many years. Who hates each
4: other in Cold Chisel?
1: Uh... (laughs) Uh, but yeah so i watched videos a lot um and it was really good because um it it actually gave me like a second step into the artist like i had to watch like not only did i have like go okay well this is what they do musically this is what they decided or at least authorized visually yeah Mm, like public Kind of. Yeah, the yeah. J Lo example when where she do, and that where she does the random breakdown into a dance in the middle of it. Right. Yeah. And it was just like, yes, why? Oh, that was that it?
3: weird kind of voyeuristic. Um, yeah, the, she's on like, the webcam and we're the webcam. one want yeah. And in the middle of the yes. song.
4: Like in, in the middle of the song, instead of the song, If You Have My Love, If You Have My yeah. Love, yeah. Um, she goes suddenly into this weird sort of dancing things to remind people that she's Latina. And it goes for about 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, yeah. and then Yackety,
1: yackety Sax starts playing. <laughs> and the big sign flashing underneath because she's Latino. She's Latino. Um, and <laughs> then, Latina, she's a woman. And then, where, whereas, you know, I can think of examples of where the film clips made me like the song more, where, like, the first one comes to mind is the other pervy film clip, which is Confide in Me. Like it's such a yeah, that's a rad yeah, clip, cool yeah, yeah, clip yeah, 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 yeah. for an artist that I don't really think that much about. But then it made me go, yeah, I really love this song again, and so yeah, you know, that's so, a, that was that's after a good you point. dialed the number though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think I watched every film clip of these songs. I rarely yeah. actually
4: watch the video clips. Yeah, like, right. i watched watch them if I couldn't think of anything else to say.
3: They're <laughs> 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 like, okay, I'm going to watch these and see if there's anything to say about that. I started watching them more and more uh, as we went on because you guys started talking about the clips more and more. But there yeah. are a few, I mean, there are a few songs that you just had to talk about the clip. I mean, Hazard was one of the big yeah. ones that was I mean, just yeah. no, like November Rain. Was November Rain. Like, yeah. Which was a
2: choose-your-own-adventure, but, but still, but, yeah. But that's the thing. These things are iconic. Yeah. In, in yeah. and of themselves. And it just... They're part of the fabric of 90s music and video, this is kind of
4: yeah, that, that's,
3: the real, the decade where the music video became very refined. It's yeah. true, yeah, because it's the decade where people started spending that kind of money mm. and that became the model to spend yeah. that kind of money on video clips. And because
4: the 80s was sort of the era of the video clip of MTV coming to prominence and all that mm. kind of stuff in the US, but it wasn't really the era of the video clip in Australia um, because we've had video clips sort of since the 70s with Countdown and things like that. Mm. Um, for what happened in the '90s in Australia, is we did start having cable TV, and so we had things like Red and what was the the, the Optus one that was the equivalent of Red? No comment. Uh, <laughs> <don't know>. Daddy, not playing your competitor. No, I don't know. Um, um, it's gone now. But yeah, um, yeah, the, the, there was all those kind of things in the '90s. There and, was um, but, heated shows. I think like the competition to get on MTV and stuff like that um, got more heated in the '90s because MTV started having other programming like the real world and like beavis and butthead and things like that and so 16 if- and pregnant is where it's ended up <laughs> I'm yeah afraid.
2: yeah but but, but there's also it an issue right. especially in the 80s i think a lot of um indian alternative artists shunned videos because they just yeah. saw it as a commercial instrument yeah. whereas the 90s you're starting to see a lot of Indian yeah. alternative bands so in really the 80s, embrace them you get that
4: replacements video that's just like a shot of like the thing playing on the stereo well, the speaker yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's the greatest yeah, right? great well from
2: yeah it's kind of Buses of young,
4: The most and, greatest anti-film clip
1: And ever. the
2: yeah. R.E.M.'s Driver 8 film clip, which was just a train. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> and, and then became one of the more prominent um, <laughs> bands to make videos.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> They're a great example of what the 90s yeah. meant because they changed everything about what they did. But yeah. the other
3: thing about video clips in the 90s, when it coming back around to us and us four guys, I think we all fairly uniformly said about how that's kind of how we started to consume this music as well watching yeah, we talked rage. about watching yeah. rage Watch, video smash yeah. hits but yeah. rage but my but god it's a, Rage!
2: particularly where we grew up where even by the mid 90s where we didn't have triple j uh, playing in town, rage was probably the only outlet that we had that you could listen to a lot of things um, mm. on and especially the the um kind of the the artist selections after yeah. midnight on a saturday <laughs> yeah uh i i always what? loved those and yeah that was just access to music you had no exposure to growing up in a country town
1: the programming on rage was extraordinary wasn't it i mean god yeah. before i turned 20 i would say half the bands i discovered i discovered from rage you know yeah yeah well, Absolutely.
4: Yeah, I guess the thing is with Rage, they just had hours and hours of stuff to play, so they'd play the stuff that was around. And um, no, but, mean, they... but there was also obviously like people at Rage who knew their stuff and would put things up firsthand. But you know, there's the famous thing where John Safran put together the video of like with the dog, um, with, with the video camera oh, yes, to, to the, the dog front to the front of the dog, and, um, got on and Rage, some sort of like and got her on Rage, yeah, yeah, yeah. with but... some sort of techno beat, you know, it was.
1: But I still think the fact that. Like, they used to... There would be film clips they played all the time, and these were the, like, the Cut Your Hair By Pavement. Yeah. You know, and, uh... uh Birdhouse, but Soul, My Name, My Jones and all those things where you just watch every week and you just fell in love with. Did you guys in the 90s have, like, TV... TVs in your bedrooms? In the later
3: 90s, I did. Um I guess I was probably about... I don't know, at some some point when my parents bought a new TV, I got the old one in my bedroom, I think I was probably about
1: 15 or thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. I slept in the living room until I was about 16, so. Right. But
3: that was actually, uh, that's a a pretty decent point, that was a point at which I started, like, watching. That's when I started watching, like, The Late Show, you know, we've talked about The Late Show heaps on this. Yeah. And I started watching The Late Show on Saturday nights and like Roy and HG and those kinds of things the that Birds were on. Birds of a Feather. Birds yeah. of a Feather. <laughs> because you had to watch
1: the last three minutes of it. <laughs> yeah. um, and... No, fuck it. I watched the whole thing. I loved it. Fuck it. <laughs> Star Trek. Four nights a week of Star Trek. That was awesome.
4: And... Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I... Letterman? I never had a, um, a TV in my bedroom and didn't live in the living room. And right. so um, when I was watching Rage, it was always in the morning. So I was always getting mm. the countdown in the morning um, from 50 to 1 or... and. There would sometimes be sort of like you know, clips from before there, and I remember seeing like things by Elastica and stuff like that in yeah, right. the right. mid '90s. But you know, I, I didn't watch Rage at night, so I didn't see or cut your hair and things like that. Did you ever get
1: to that point, like when you were older, like seventeen, eighteen, or even like twenty-one, or yeah, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, once
4: I sort of moved out of home, then I was watching Rage because, yeah. like, you because know, I wasn't waking everyone up by having it in the having it on in the yeah, living right. room in my house.
1: You know, yeah, it was right. like
4: I can watch that whatever so like yeah when I was sort of 18 and moved out of home that's when I started watching Rage at Night
1: well what what have we learned about the 90s from doing this project um for me just staying on TV shows for a second it's interesting some of the things that we haven't mentioned um Recovery being possibly the big one. Did, did we not talk about recovery a lot?
3: I, you know, I think that... If we, we sort of touched if, on it. I, th- but I think
1: up, the reason that we
3: probably didn't talk about recovery a lot is because that, that kind of crept along in about, what, 97? 96, 97? Yeah, and it yeah. was not chart. And it wasn't chart. So yeah. it wasn't it's not relevant to this project. Yeah. So the yeah. bands that were playing a Recovery. Yeah, so when we eventually the, do the you know, Triple J, like
2: you know <laughs> the, the the hottest night, the thing. Hottest night. Yeah, we'll, it's we'll it's probably do it at some stage, then we're gonna yeah. cover recovery. That's the thing, there's no opportunity here for us to speak about. So yeah. I don't forget it. We're
0: seeing all those
4: American touring bands like who are on um TV at oh, like mo- eight o'clock in the morning and who just like a dad. Yeah, like a daddy. Warhol, sorry. But the iconic, I remember that but one, the iconic
2: yeah. one of John Spencer just going absolutely batshit. Yeah. Bat shit, so. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, <No>, that's <laughs> great.
3: But the big one was, or um, well, one of the big ones was when uh, Green Day got up and played with the, they weren't actually supposed to play. They were just supposed to be interviewed, but then took the house band's gear and played <laughs> songs with, they played the song The Grouch, which says fuck you in it, and it had to be bleeped and all that. It was a bit of, yeah. like it was a thing at the time. But yeah, I, um, yeah, it, it just wasn't the, wasn't the subject for recovery, unfortunately,
1: but no, it's so much of a but, part of my life. But the big ones that we did talk about, I think, like, were The Late Show. Hey, Hey, It's Saturday. Hey, Hey, It's yeah. Saturday, yes. We kept yeah. going back to that. That was oh, a yeah. big thing, right? Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, I stopped watching Hey, It's Saturday probably around the time of being 16, and then... Yeah. I remember making an effort to, in around 98, when UMI went on. Yeah. And yeah. Custard went on. Yeah, I remember Amazingly, that- when Julio Iglesias was on. <laughs> yeah.
4: And they got a photo with him. But, um... Yeah, and Cusser went on, and they played um, music is crap, and Daryl
1: Summers played drums instead of Glenn. Um, so yeah, Hey Hey was definitely a big thing. Uh, we and then in the in the later nineties, like yeah, what was there that we talked about? Uh, what TV? What? We what? had Yankovic, I mean, was it was Oh, a big we had uh, was yeah, yeah,
3: Huge. He was one of those kind of touch points that kept. Um, yeah. yeah. That kept, I mean, he was the spirit animal of, of quite a few podcasts, yeah. actually. I
4: guess with his... We talked about The X-Files a fair bit. Yeah. And, and Twin Peaks, obviously, we discussed, and Friends. I think we ended up talking about Friends. Yeah, we did
1: talk a bit about TV shows, I guess. Like Fresh I mean, Prince of Bel-Air came yeah. up.
4: <laughs> Music from TV shows was definitely... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We um, even talked about The Heights once.
1: It was The Heights. <laughs> it wasn't. But how do you talk to an angel? It's a good question, because I don't know how to do it. Well,
3: <laughs> apparently, apparently it's like yeah. trying to catch a falling star. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, The Simpsons came up obviously Sometimes really early on. Sometimes the
4: sun goes behind the
1: moon. Yeah, yeah. It
3: goes round the moon. Round the Come moon. On. that's on. Right. <laughs>
1: The Simpsons were the, s-
3: the sun does go behind the moon at Yeah Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so The Simpsons came up really uh, early well, on Yeah, It's um, amazing
1: how those last few years it, none of that did happen though It was well, like songs, and... songs from
2: TV shows and yeah. were were not so much in invo- but songs from films Songs from yeah. movies Now soundtracks which was is huge. not a thing anymore yeah. but in
1: the 90s was
4: very big So the current number one single is from a movie well, yeah. is about, What's that number one
1: single? Happy by Farrell Oh, okay. from a uh, pigeon feet to, Despicable Me
4: two.
2: Despicable Me Too. Yeah.
4: yeah. It's it
3: currently number one? Yeah. yeah. Such it, an old movie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but it's been number one and then not being number one and being back to number one. Yeah. Uh, it's been number
4: one for about ten weeks, but the movie was about six weeks, six months old when it got to number one. But I think you know it, it's not related to it being a movie that it's number one. Yeah. It's other stuff.
3: But the the whole movie tie-in thing was one of those. Uh, that was actually one of the things throughout the whole project that. Continued to surprise me. It was like, oh yes, this was a thing, and it's still a thing. Like, it was, yeah. you know, when, it, when early days, when we were talking about, like, um, everything I
4: do and stuff.
3: Uh, well, that's yeah, not, everything I do, do was early. Was but, it? It's 91. Oh, was it? Okay. And yeah.
4: then, yeah, uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. And Aerosmith. Yeah, Aerosmith and, um, Blaze of Glory by John. Blaze of
3: Glory. Um, but then that just kind of kept happening through nine, like but by the time yeah. we got to fucking Celeria, but, but
2: Even then an artist such as Brian Adams which is you know he's a hey, prominent um, artist Artists? Brian Adams okay. same same <laughs> <artist>. <laughs> we, we'll get on to that. But <laughs> um oh, so, do we have
3: that kind of one do you yeah.
2: no with with Brian Adams someone who's pretty synonymous with 90s number one singles just yeah, how much was, of those yeah. songs were just film soundtrack stuff yeah, he became a film so- film yeah. soundtrack guy, and it's mm. not what you think of when you think of Brian Adams. Yeah, you think of that guy who could have been the guy well, who wrote Summer of '69. It's and what I think. Of his legacy on
3: everything we've listened to. It's what yeah. I think when I think about Brian Adams now. <laughs> yeah,
4: well, <laughs> well, that that is one thing that you changed, like your opinion of Brian Adams in general. Because, oh, absolutely, like, <laughs> changed from one way to the next. Because I remember <laughs> in the first episode with like everything you, everything I do, like you were like oh yeah, well, you know, Summer of 69 and Run to You and like a few other songs. You're like, yeah, Brian Adams is alright. By the end, you're like, fuck
3: Brian Adams. No, by the next, the next (laughs) song. Yeah. The next song, uh, which was... Please forgive me. Yeah, no. Yeah, I did not forgive him and still do not. (laughs) Never will. Never will. Uh, Fuck that guy, honestly. (laughs) It is the first fuck that guy for tonight. <laughs> yes.
2: There'll
4: be a few. Yeah, there'll be <laughs> yeah. a few.
1: And, we'll, and we'll get to those in the second half of this podcast.
4: Why do we reckon film um, soundtrack tie-ins sort of died off in the 2000s and now?
3: Because they have. That was definitely a 90s thing. Is it is it something to do with... I don't, I don't know if this is right, but is it something to do with the demise of the CD single? Is there some kind of... Because I guess now yeah, people buy but, songs one at a time. Is but, even but also, so yeah. to, but so blockbuster
2: know. films are
3: not what they once were,
4: either. Really
2: though? No, not to the same extent. I guess if you think worry. about
4: the songs, the, the the movies in the 90s, like things like Robin Hood and like whatever, please forgive me. Oh, it's not even from anything, is it? No. I just assumed it was. Like, no, you you it know, sounds like, like the ship Three ship Musketeers. They're all, all kind of, one. they're all kind of, kind of character driven movies or like sort of their adventure y kind of stuff. But they're not, you know, the big blockbusters these days are either like, you know, comic book kind of things and they don't quite lend themselves to the hit single in that way but they do though way. we were just talking about Pharrell's happy being like yeah.
1: they still happen but like what song would be on an Avengers kind of movie soundtrack there was a Soundgarden song that was, in, that was released as yeah, yeah. Sound the Soundgarden song was not going to number one. One. and Alicia yeah. Keys got the new sort of Amazing Spider-Man song yeah which well, that, they're releasing as a single yeah maybe that could produced be by it. Pharrell uh, Alright, that, yeah, that'll get number one. Yeah, like, you know, it's just like... <laughs> and let's not forget the time that Spider-Man saved Mary Jane from a, from a Macy Gray concert. <laughs> yeah, the first Amazing Spider-Man. She <laughs> so had the tie-in song.
3: Um, is, is it a... Is it, apart from Brian Adams, is it a big female diva thing? Like, because there was the necessary. Whitney Houston thing and there mm. was the Celine Dion thing. You know, I think... Is, is that part the of... The Goo Goo Dolls thing?
1: Yeah, yeah I, no, was, I think
4: at the end of the day... that a movie thing? Oh,
1: yeah. I think, actually, oh, yeah, I, 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 about I, this. I'm going to take the it's opposite. Nicholas Cage in yeah. an angel yeah. suit. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think it,
4: it's less a diva thing and more a stuff that will appeal to 40-year-olds who don't know about music thing.
1: No, I actually think it's a, is a different thing, which is... Uh, having a song doesn't help you sell your movie anymore. Because mm. it used to be... Yeah. A lot of people would buy the song and discover the movie through that. And so, hence... And the record company had a bit more money in the 90s, where we don't have any money now, and would maybe help, you know, hey, we're trying to break the Goo Goo Dolls. Mm. Let's work together. We'll make sure we'll market the hell out of the Goo Goo Dolls with a film clip that has your movie throughout it and help you break your film. I don't think that happens anymore. I think film just does what it does. Like, there's no way Sony, who does Alicia Keys, didn't well, I mean, well, Amazing Spider-Man's out through Sony. Like, there, there's, a, yeah, there's, there's a there's tie a tie-in in no,
2: But there's, there is also... There's the elephant in the room here. People just don't consume music or film in the same way that they used to. Yeah. And, yeah, they're yeah. just not... That leads to them not being joined at the hip
4: anymore. No, definitely not. Well, we, we don't have the monoculture we had in the 90s where you, you only had so many options. If you wanted to be entertained in the 90s, you had, like, the video store... Or you had TV Or you can go to the movies Or we'll masturbate <laughs> Well we can still do that now then <laughs> Not what? now Not right now
0: <laughs> Vinderella cut it up one time We are the rock Revolving Around the golden sun Welcome back here To the MCG All together For the wagon.
1: Ow. Okay, so we did this for almost a year. We were all friends, were all friends. Yeah,
2: we all <laughs> hate Danny <until> now. It's <laughs> until Brian Adams
3: came up yeah. and <laughs> just drove a wedge. Yeah, you, you wonder why it's been a month between
1: us recording podcasts. <laughs> it's just okay. been, you know, fucking sick of Danny going on about Mariah Carey. Um, guys. Well, I mean, the first thing is, what did you learn about yourself? Let's start with Tim Coyle. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um.
2: And that's how you like it. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, look, it's it's actually a really hard question because, you know, you're not in the best position to be able to assess who you were at a given point in time. I think we Mm. talked a little... A few minutes ago, we were talking about that people from different eras don't quite have the the distance or perspective to be able to, yeah to to be able to say what's significant and you know I've got distance <laughs> from that a bit but probably not the perspective so I can't really still get too good an idea of who I was in the '90s because like everyone, it's this very edited picture that tries to reflect the most flattering image of myself back to myself.
1: But that's the and, thing, though. And we all do that. And mm. But that's and, the thing, having been faced mm. with songs that are supposed to be terrible and then yeah. having to go, hey, actually, my view of myself clashes with how I felt mm. about this song that we came up to talk about. Yeah,
2: I think that there's a little bit of that because there's that period that we cover in the early 90s where... I'm not quite a teenager and fussing about your own self-identities aren't that big a thing when you're 10 or 11 or 12 as much as it is when you're 15 or 16 or 17 Um, where, yeah, I was kind of very happy to listen to anything and get into things uh, in a way that just wasn't the case five Mm. years later and, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed going back and visiting that kid because there's something about that openness that you lose as you grow older and Mm. there's there's something a little sad about that that you can, that when you look back there's a nostalgia there for, you know, a song as silly as uh, You Can't Touch This can be that, yeah, Yeah. can be that meaningful to you Mm. whereas these days if I heard something, the equivalent of that, i just go, fuck, Mm. Like yeah, yeah right. whereas you know when i was 10 or 11 it's just like this is awesome and mm. yeah you lose a bit of that and there's kind of there's that sad nostalgic aspect of that but there's also being able to revisit that part of yourself that was able to embrace those things i found really positive so if anything that was the big discovery about oneself in the 90s that i found was that um, you know, if you asked me who I was in the who to present who I was in the nineties, it'd be this one thing, but the reality was I was a whole bunch of different things and you know, being um kind of a um depressive music snob was not the only thing that was going on there <laughs> and you know i'm happy to discover that you
1: mentioned a couple of times that you like songs just because girls like them yeah
2: <laughs> 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 is anyone else gonna argue if i put that to them that they didn't like songs because girls like them
4: that's true i, I do own a lot yeah. of ash
1: albums for some reason uh,
4: <laughs> tim byron what about you well, yeah, I definitely like songs because girls like good, because, <laughs> but, like, I don't know, for me, like, it's it's less about liking them because the girl likes them and more kind of, like, I pay attention to the song because the girl has pointed it out half the time. I don't know. But, like, for me, you know, sort of like Tim Coyle, like, one of the interesting things uh, for doing this was remembering a point where I wasn't really that into music. Because there's, there's years in, in the 90s when I actually don't really know that many of the songs. Oh, the Doctor Who book thing? Yeah, when I was just much more interested in buying Doctor Who books. And, um... <laughs> so the only song was... <laughs> hey! <laughs> and, uh... Um, and if you could turn back time. <laughs>
2: I wanted a share of a bit, like... Ladies and gentlemen, we're here all
4: week. <laughs> but, yeah, like, you know, it's so part of my identity now, like, being that guy who is obsessed with music. And, like, I write about music and get paid money for it. Yeah. And, um... And even within pe- within the group of people who write about music, I'm a bit of an obsessive who worries too much about certain things about music. And so, um, yeah, not being that person sort of, you know, going through 1992 in particular and 93 where I don't know some of the songs, it was sort of strange for me because I wasn't paying attention to any other music apart from chart music, really, and sort of the songs my mum would play in the car. So, yeah, going back to a person who is not me...
1: It's a bit strange. I found that interesting too because you're not the kind of person who doesn't know his music history either. Yeah, and you've gone back and you can you know, yeah, um, you know basically the story of what was in the charts at least. Yeah, for any given year, decade, and, and movement. Yeah, but you didn't know the one that you actually lived through. Yeah, you know I was very surprised by some of the songs that you didn't know. Well, yeah, I mean. There's probably songs
4: from the 60s and 70s and 30s and 40s that I would have just totally, like, you look at the charts and go, what was that? Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, you know, there's that stuff for the 90s. I mean, like, you know, music histories have only really started talking about the 90s because it's, like, it's so recent in a bunch of ways that it's, you know, it's too close to be talking about in a lot of ways. And so mm-hmm. there's not that many sort of histories of the 90s that I would have read, and I love reading histories of music in general, And, um, but the, you know, the ones that do exist are things about, um, you know, group pop and like Australian alternative music and and things like that rather than chart pop. Sure. And and so, you know, I just wouldn't have been exposed to them, but yeah, there's some things I didn't know that well at the time and that I've sort of, yeah, come back to one way or another because of my not hundred percent hits compilations and stuff.
1: There is, there is, you know, we are still waiting for that great euphoria biography. So, um, (laughs) Tim, for you, definitely, um. The, the the age difference that yeah, you have compared that, to the rest of us that came up yeah. a lot and what is what is that like, it sounded like I didn't
4: answer something I don't know well I was born in February 1982 and I was born in so just for the listeners so yeah I'm yeah. October 80
1: so I'm August, August 80 and 80 you're your April, April 81 April yeah. 81
4: yeah. so so it's a year between um, me and Tim Coil I mean. effectively and almost two years between me and Casey in yeah. particular but it
1: made a real difference yeah to you. And I think for Tim and Casey to be so simpatico was the fact that they went to school together. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, so class of 98 was all of us, Yeah, but
2: I think the age difference it kind of it came into play at funny times. Yeah, yeah rather than oh, just time. being something that was uniform yeah, throughout. So, so there's a point where I'm not quite
4: yet paying attention, but you guys are, which is 1990, mm. start of 91. Yeah. Um, I start paying attention sort of mid-91. There's a point at which you guys start going through puberty where I haven't got there yet, and you start sort of <laughs> worrying more about your identity. And I haven't yeah. done that
3: yeah. yet. And there's also, I mean, I remember periods where um, we kind of, where there might be points when one or one or more of of us three have kind of moved on from the more, you know, the pop aimed at kids yeah, where you were still only just there. And there were a couple of times where that kind of thing came up as well. But
4: yeah. Um, I mean, I think the thing it says is that like, we are also very defined by, uh, we are also very defined by our age in a lot of ways in terms of what we like. Um, you know, I, um, you know, talk to people who are ten years older than me who think that you know the synth sounds of the eighties were always great and they were never you know shitty or embarrassing. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: <laughs> I know. Age, look, age take place a big point, and and the the fact that we are even and cocaine, with, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but even within the two year gap of what we are, yeah, it made us put us in the right position to talk about the nineties as an entire decade. If anything, yeah. It was a little bit too long. Like I mean, by by the end of the nineties, yeah, a couple of us were pulling our hair out because of how terrible the songs were. Oh, it yeah. was
3: like yeah, you know, fully fledged adult moved yeah. out of home, you know, living by myself. Yeah, we almost should have talked, talked eighty seven
1: to, to ninety seven. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 but yeah. I
2: honestly
4: would have had nothing to say. Yeah, about. yeah, so 87, eighty seven yeah.
2: yeah, but I think there's that thing, and I think we mentioned it in one of the last podcasts there are people 10 years older than us who would have looked at a lot of that early 90s stuff that we loved and were just like, what the fuck? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we know those
2: people and
4: they were yeah. playing it out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It does go
2: to show that your music taste is
4: is very much a, a function of who you are in so many ways. And, and that's one of the things we found in this podcast that like, you know growing up in a certain place means we understand some music and just don't understand other music. Like, And so, um, you know, Casey, and especially you growing up in the country, like, you were just really confused by rap and, like, techno and stuff like yes. that. And um, whereas Danny growing up in, like, sort of near Bankstown and stuff like that, you saw those people who liked that stuff. And so even if you didn't necessarily like it, you understood it in a way that Casey probably didn't at the time.
1: Oh, yeah, I spoke the language of the streets. <laughs> <laughs> uh... It's interesting. Like, Straight saw, out of campy, Saw yeah. the <laughs> extreme as the new, Par- new Canterbury Road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, I think the Tim Collins and Brian, you'll appreciate this. You know, the Ricky Gervais thing of like, yeah, believing in God is almost like a puddle of believing that, hey, this, this whole fits me perfectly. There must be a God. It's that thing of like, if you were, or patriotism that I just happened to be born in the greatest country of all time right mm. the idea that I just happened to be born and I just happened to be 16, 17 when the best, the best album of all ever time yeah. 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 everyone
2: knows rock attained Perfection in
1: 1975
0: yeah. 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 big grand funk right but like <laughs> so there
4: oh, are people the like so there are people our age who definitely actually do believe
1: that rock did attain affection in 1975 Tom when it was actually 99 with the man who by Travis what about you? Like, <laughs>
3: hey, it wasn't. How did I? Tra- how, what did I discover about myself? Shut it down. What did I discover about myself in the nineties that I was a dick? <laughs> <laughs> you come up a couple of times. Yeah. Casey wins for the most honest oh
2: song. <laughs> 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 there
3: were so many times when I was when I listened to these songs that I just went. And this I mean this all um we'll get on to um <laughs> some more of this a bit later, but there are songs that that we listened to that I was like, I remember really, really clearly not allowing myself to like this at the time because it wasn't fucking jimmy hendrix or the beatles you know. or led zeppelin all that stuff that i was because mm. i was a teenage guitar player and you know what teenage guitar players are like and they were like fucking me yeah and they're those people are so annoying and
4: <laughs> I, are you dealing with many of them in your current course yes
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so for those playing at home i've just
3: um <laughs> now this is unfair because they're nice guys <laughs> they're really nice guys but are they so, fans of the podcast um <laughs> Probably not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So for those playing at home, I've actually just uh, gone to, uh, started going to uni again and um, I've gone back and started studying music. And as a mature age student, seeing the, 18 19 year old guitarist that i'm now in, in class with it's really really interesting seeing mm. these people with you know there's the there's a guy that i sit next to in my jazz ensemble who's got mm. a joe satriani signature on his guitar right <laughs> and i'm like yeah. like <laughs> i'm like yeah there are still those people right? There are still those people oh, yeah. and there will always be and there will
2: always are, be those people a
3: And I was, and I was that guy, and I was so, and that's not saying that the dude that's listening with the Satriani on his his guitar, um, is a dick about current music. Um, but maybe he is, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I think there are, there are a lot of occasions where I just kind of look back at myself going, I must have been so fucking insufferable. But, you know, I managed to find enough people to be insufferable alongside. Hi, Tim. (laughs) What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh, you know um, that that it was uh, that it was okay, but I, I'm just I kind of imagine what yeah. I did look like to a bunch of other people, you know.
1: So Casey, there's a question that I've wanted to ask you about you in the '90s. I've yes. known you for a long time, yes. But out of this podcast, I kind of touched on the subject when I, when we talked to Tim Coyle, which is. He liked a couple of songs and talked about it because girls liked it. Mm-hmm. And then Tim Byron said that, yeah, of course we all did. Did you ever do that? I can't remember I don't really. Think you would be the guy to do that. <laughs> you would have been too snobby about it. You would like, you have to like my music to uh, even talk to me and like me and be yeah. my world. Like, there are a couple of things that,
3: um, there are a couple of things I probably Got a bit further into that uh, that I wasn't that far away from in the first place because of girls and that but that's but that's like the Foo Fighters and things like that because I had a girlfriend who who liked the Foo Fighters and I just kind of kind of liked them but liked them a lot more after that relationship sort of thing but I was always gonna kind of like the but it was not
1: it wasn't stuff like we're talking about it wasn't fucking um, like if you, if there was a girl that was kind of cute and she said that she liked Euphoria I would almost I would ruin it for you right.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Well, you are now uh, your your wife is very much into sad old bastard music. As well as Absolutely. Like yeah. That's like that's how she we got together. To go
1: cooler taste than music. But that's how we Yeah. I would agree because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but not in the, not in a just a pale Casey way. Not just in a pale, but and just that's just things, a happy side of effect. But let me just say, Joe, if you're listening. I know you. She won't. She will not be listening. I I know she hates my music too. (laughs) Like like, like she's cool with all of us. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah, it is uh definitely. Yeah. (laughs) So,
3: Danny, what about yourself? What did you learn about about yourself in the nineties?
1: The first thing I learnt about myself is that not everyone likes one hit wonder bands from the (laughs) nineties. Like I am just so in my own world, and like. It's strange because, like, you three are three of my closest friends. I talk to you three more than almost any other three people on the planet. And I get this feeling that you guys put up with me. You guys do not actually like Everclear as much as I do. <laughs> this podcast just became marriage therapy in the blink of an eye. I don't know if you guys actually have the second Gin Blossoms album. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I don't it's just that thing of like
4: and we are actually talking about so tell us about your childhood (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's just
1: like it's just that first thing of like
4: oh my god
1: the the main thing I've learned from this podcast is like Mm. yeah my like I'm actually different from three of my best friends Mm. yeah one of the things about you is that I could
4: predict what these two would like most of the time and be right and I had no fucking idea what (laughs) you would like and you would like
1: this weird shit that I would be like what (laughs) But I think also I, I think what was clear and I, I guess because I mm. didn't have any reference point yeah. was I did have this wide thirst for music in the nineties. Yeah. Um, maybe a bit more than everyone else. Like I would listen to Mariah Carey and then followed and then I put a you or my record on right after. Yeah. Like I just loved like yeah,
3: everything. Where a I bit think more. the the rest of us oh man, I mean I'll just speak for myself. I kind of I went through phases, um mm. and and there was... The avenues were fairly wide, but they weren't that wide. Like, I think the, the, the
1: <laughs> diversity and the... Con- Mine's field. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the <laughs>
3: concurrent diversity of your music test, I think, was pretty unique to yeah. as far as the four of us are concerned.
1: Well, like, I guess I didn't have anyone to impress. Like, I didn't go to a high school where a lot of... I had really anyone talking about music until about year 11. Mm. Um, and so, hence... Um, and then I actually had a, really, a lot of really good teachers... That put a lot of stuff my way. So I just didn't, like... And, yeah, radio was weird. And I just listened to anything. Like, I would literally listen to, like, every radio station. And I think I had a... I think the other thing I learned... And I guess we'll probably find a project where we talk about this. But I cared a lot more for uh, what was happening on Stay FM and Triple M... Mm. And, like, I know the shows that were on those radio stations. Yeah, didn't you buy, like, real McCoy CDs and stuff? Yeah, I got the first real McCoy album, because yeah. I bought everything. There was like... a second? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, but that also meant that I bought... I know, I think you had it, but, like, and that also meant I bought the first Everclear album. Well, mm. the second Everclear album, big one, because yeah. I bought everything. Mm. And it, mm. I, I bought everything in a sense that I didn't necessarily need to like everything. Yeah. But there was no Spotify. The only yeah. way I could listen to it was to buy it. And so I bought yeah. everything, and then I made my mind up about things. Yeah. And obviously I liked Everclear a little bit more than Real um, yeah. McCoy. Just. Listen- <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, that was really the big revelation for me that maybe uh, we don't... <laughs> like, I know we all love hate jealousy, but like...
4: You're the gonzo of this but, podcast. But honestly, with Hey Jealousy, for me, like I you know, would have heard that on the radio there and thought, yeah, it's all right. But I, I never bought um, the first album until a couple of years ago when I got it like for $2.50 on eBay or
1: something. So, I mean, I've spent so many hours with you. At least one of those hours, I've gone on about how Hey Jealousy is probably one of the greatest songs of all time. And I just feel like you're putting up with me. <laughs> so, you know, it's great. Thank you, Tim. Um, but Yeah. But yeah, it is definitely...
2: How does that make you...
1: (laughs) Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By now, you should've somehow realized what you gotta do. We wanted to just really wrap up what the 90s meant for us and what 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 this 90s podcast is. So we have a couple of awards that we want to give out to songs that we've talked about. And so the ones that we're going to talk about is the song that you thought you'd like but actually hated the most, the song that you thought you'd hate but liked the most, and then worst song and then best song. But before we do that, I'm going to spring a question on the other guys, which is, how you felt about the 90s before you started? Because we always do the, how did you feel about it then and how did you feel about it today? How did you feel about the 90s before you started this podcast? And how do you feel about it today? Let's start with Tim Byron. Um,
4: depends what you mean by before this podcast, because I was obviously, like I was just talking about before, like getting 100% hits and Hit Machine compilations and things like that. And so I was already feeling a sort of nostalgia from the 90s um, after, like, before I started doing this podcast. So like when you guys suggested it, I was like, yeah, sure, I've got these 100% <laughs> hits, I've been listening, blah, 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 blah. And um, there, there was a point during the podcast where I stopped listening to the 90s stuff in the car. Because I was just like, <laughs> right. it feels like work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about
1: right. just in terms of the quality of the music of the decade?
4: I don't think my thoughts on that have changed I mean I'm the kind of person who isn't particularly fussed about decades and stuff like 90% of everything is crap and 10% of everything from every decade is (coughs) worthwhile the 90s I reckon for me has 20% of stuff which is fun because I've got memories of it in a way it's not necessarily good but I kind of like it there's a bit of that in there but like Mm -hmm. Yeah, the 90s is a decade. It's one I have some fond memories of and probably like some songs a bit more as a result, but
3: yeah, 90s is good, but it's not...
1: Yeah, Casey, um, general thoughts on the 90s before we get into these awards.
3: General thoughts on the 90s. Look, I think this is actually a really difficult question because how do you... Like, 90s is just... it's They were my formative years. The 90s were awesome. The 90s were fantastic. <laughs> um, and that's how I kind of look... Back on them and I had some shitty times in the 90s because I was fucking 15 at a point in the 90s. You didn't have a shitty time when I was 15. Um, but I um I before we went into this looked at the 90s with fondness because I had just kind of, you know, every every feeling hit of a feel almost <laughs> yeah, Yeah. have between the age of 10 and 20, which was exactly when I what I had, you know. Um And then throughout, it kind of got amplified, you know, especially in those, um, I I, I reckon, first six or seven years, it was like, God, even the music that I thought was shit was actually still pretty good, you know?
1: Tim Kalau. Yeah,
2: there's kind of a real (laughs) Wonder Years (laughs) aspect to to, to it in in that way. That Yeah, there's kind of, I talked about before, but there's the real glow of nostalgia and doing this whole project um, hasn't lessened that any um and i think also what casey's saying of kind of that you know it's the classic awakenings journey and that it is very much the wonder years the blunder years for most of us um, (laughs) in, in that time and yeah i think it's interesting that i think a lot of us will see those formative years that we have as a closed book by the time you reach 30 and revisiting it and Discovering some of the things that we've talked about is, has been a pretty interesting thing that you, you know, you probably weren't the person you thought you were through that period. And being able to pick that apart, I found pretty interesting. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I kind of enjoyed that aspect. I, I'm a little on Tim Byron's side with this, that the 90s as a concept, it's just decades are a very arbitrary sure, kind of thing. Are. and ultimately as this organizing category just don't make a lot of sense
1: oh no definitely it's hard to like take a random bunch of songs and, and put them in a group but that's exactly what i'm going to ask you guys to do <laughs> uh, in our next segment which is going to be our final segment guys so look the first question we have and the first thing we want to just quickly list about to wrap up this 90 percent hits project is the song that you thought you'd like but most hated Tim Coyle, why don't we go to you? Uh, there's two ways of looking at this. And did you have any honorable mentions first? Uh, what well, almost made the list it? Less they're, than
2: well, did. they're all tied into the, <laughs> the way I'm looking at this. Is that, um, I mean, the glib way of, yeah, most hated is probably going to be a little harsh for some of these. And um, look, I'm not going to award this to the biggest pieces of shit that were floating around i'm no, that's I'm not going to award this to things i genuinely thought i was gonna like but was underwhelmed by i maybe didn't loathe them that mm-hmm. much but for me you know there's things like the u2 songs the u2 singles which made it to number one things i could be reasonably expected to, to like mm-hmm. and yet I think, as with everyone else in the room, I was just like, "Yeah." Mm. So we had the fly yeah, and, and hold me through. Yeah, and, and, and I quite like both of those. Yeah, <laughs> but my reaction to that was, "Well, they're all right, but you know, it's you too. I should be expected to be, yeah. singing the praises of these songs." Hmm. But the one I'll give this to and it will break <laughs> the heart of a friend of the podcast, Peter Shields. Hello, Peter. Um, <laughs> hey, Pete. Bon Jovi's Blaze of Glory. Oh, <laughs> such a disappointment.
1: <laughs> Jim Byron. So this is the one that I... You thought you would like, yeah. but ended up not liking in the most extreme of that emotion.
4: Well, to be honest, the one that I remember sort of at the time thinking, oh, it's all right. I'm not really like liking it, liking it, but kind of thinking, yeah, I can cope with it, it's all right. And that I absolutely could not stand um, was... Uh, Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden. Like, at the time, like, I thought, yeah, it's all right. I, you know, it wasn't something that I liked that much or hated, but, like, I just really had, like, such a negative reaction to that song. You did, didn't you? And that was totally because of me rather than the song, because it reminded me of the kind of sort of embarrassing first songs that I wrote. Yeah. Rather than, like, anything that, you know, Daniel and Darren did. Like, it it was all about, like, my memory of being... (laughs) <laughs> um, that age and writing bad songs because it reminded me of sure. them so yes yeah, so th- for me that's probably the it's the song that I thought I yeah that'd be alright but listening to it like and I probably hadn't listened to it for f- 15 years um, it was just nails down the chalkboard
3: Casey so um, I th- there, there, are, there are a couple of ones there was one song that I thought that um, okay I'm finally going to be able to listen to this objectively and allow myself to like it and that didn't that, and that didn't work, which was, um, which was the Fuji <laughs> song,
1: <laughs> but
3: yeah, <God>. one time, <laughs> one time, but yeah. in terms of, of the song, <laughs> 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 I'm just going to interrupt you and talk over you because like, awesome. That song. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you just have a different podcast underneath <laughs> yeah, the conversation. But the song that I loved at the time, um, now. but it, <laughs> And then you didn't, so there you go. Uh, but then when it came up, I was like, "Oh, really?" Was epic by Faith No More. Yeah, right. Did not stand up. And I had this really funny conversation with Joe, um, saying it was when I was listening to it before recording it, just going, "Hey, Joe, Epic by Faith No More, loved it, but thought it was a bit shit." And she was like, "No, nah, no, it's awesome. What the fuck are you talking about?" And we put it on. She was like, "Ah." Oh. It's <laughs> 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 face Yo, it was, it's just uh, it so a few other It's a lot yeah. of yeah. Yeah. So that's mine yeah, that's Danny? a
1: really good one actually yeah. and, you know, It, it would have been close But there is one clear winner for me on this list What's that? It's a band that I still love Jukebox and Siberia I'll <laughs> still, if they ever got back together, go see I still have 15 songs that are some of the greatest songs I ever heard. But can I just say, I never, ever need to hear Wonderwall again. Oh. Uh, that's the other one I was
2: going to mention. Like,
1: I just went into going, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of positive things about this. This is the biggest song by a band that I love, and I've mm. got all the albums for, and I've all the singles for, mm. and I really like so much about them. You know, I respect Noel as a, both as a guitar player and as a person who talks about music and... They just—they're just, they're a great British band in—in in the way that they are, everything. But fuck that song is overplayed, and yeah. fuck, there's nothing there. There is just nothing there. So that was um, like if I never heard that song again, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Okay. Hey, the second award is Next. the song that you thought you'd hate, but most liked. Tim Byron, why don't we start with you on this one? For me, I think it's
4: Humping Around by Bobby Brown. Because, like, yeah it's, right. Bobby, it's Bobby Brown. <laughs> like, he's like the Chris Brown of the 90s. Yeah. And, um, and, and yeah, like, you know, beating
1: up Whitney Houston, not cool. And,
4: um... <laughs> yeah. and,
1: uh, he that re- that definitely falls into the category of not, not cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you
4: know, like, he really does come across as a douchebag, like, in the video clip. Like, he's just got that vibe about him. And, um... But I found myself sort of thinking, this is a good song. He sings well. And, like, I think about this, and this is probably, like, the attraction of Chris Brown. Like, people like Chris Brown for similar reasons, probably, who like that kind of music, and are, like, sort of, kind of hate themselves a little bit for liking it. But it's like, they can't quite deny it. And, um, so Bobby Brown, yeah, I, I thought I would strongly dislike that song, but I found it all right. Casey
1: Atkins.
3: Humping Around by Bobby Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Had it on my list. I'd show you my list. It's already written down, but that would just reveal the others, so I won't. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. The exact, exact same thought. hmm. I thought that that song, we talked about this. I mean, you can listen to the episode, but um, this was just one of those ones where I was like, and I think I remembered actually liking it at the time, but at the time I was like 12 or whatever. Yeah. Um, But I thought like with the you know the years and experience and, and whatever that had gone before I'd just I'd be a bit like oh yeah no nah, fuck that I'm over that now yeah. but it sounds modern really modern for its time its production holds up amazingly well like really surprisingly well <laughs> it's really it's really pumping you know yeah. I don't know how else to put it but I thought it I actually thought it was great and I hate myself <laughs> <laughs> what this podcast is
1: about <laughs> tim coyle
2: yeah so there's things like that i thought that were just going to be um complete write-offs mm. going into it such as inform of i snow or uh, Sonia Dada's you don't treat me no good uh-huh. which i think yeah a lot of us came out of speaking of those with a renewed appreciation for those yes yeah. but the one that really just um takes this category out is humping around (laughs) 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 but holy shit
3: last minute fucking (laughs) (laughs) controversy Bobby Brown the the cultural stature of
2: Bobby Brown is as a life beaten drug taken Uh, oh holy um, get up off
1: your back save that heart attack piece of of shit
2: and that baggage is very hard to shed and the thing is (laughs) humping around is a Such a good song that you can ignore that for three minutes. (laughs) That's and 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 then then it finishes and you feel so dirty. (laughs) dirty. (laughs) It all comes back and you're like, oh yeah, that's funny. Wife beaten. Anyway, yeah, it's it's an amazing song. I think it's just it was a huge surprise. (laughs) And (laughs) I I just have this
1: terrible image of Whitney Houston with all her bags in a taxi leaving. And then on the radio, humping around. Okay, let's give him one more chance. (laughs) Uh, Danny? Well, I fucking loved humping around back in the day and I still love it now. So I never walked into it with like, I can sing every word in humping around. Like I've got, you know. So for me, the song that I thought would be terrible and then I stopped loving and then just it's still in my head is Ace of Bass, The Sign. The sign, okay. Like, yeah. it's just so cool. And then the bit where in the middle eight where she goes, oh, well, I just went, you know what? This is a great, great pop song by a band. Even I didn't buy the album of in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Not> really? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was a, uh, yeah, lovely song. But, yeah, it looks like Bobby Brown is uh taking a last minute. Shit. Yeah, last minute uh, sort of a
3: last minute stamp yeah. on yeah. our
1: uh, podcast. Yeah, okay. Okay, we're down to our last two categories. We're gonna go for worst song, best song. So Casey, I want you to start with. Out of all the songs that we talked about, which is I think we talked about it before, it was a like hundred something songs. Mm-hmm. What is still the worst song that we talked about? Brian
3: Adams. <laughs> which one?
1: Brian Adams. <laughs> awesome. But which one? You've
3: right. got to choose. Brian Adams as a, have, as a thing. If you um, have, okay. You know one. what? Okay, I'll choose. I'll. I'll Bring it down to one Brian Adams song and I think it's going to be Please Forgive Me. Um, You know,
1: can I just say before you go on, I thought that one of you guys would choose Brian Adams in the you would thought you'd liked but then most hated. Mm. Because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, our opinion of Brian Adams... Has all fallen. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. The the course of this podcast. Uh,
3: No, uh, so, so Please Forgive Me, I think, uh, represents the worst of what we, we got from Brian Adams just because it was, it was the second one we heard, right? Mm. And it was just that obvious, hey, this other one worked. Let's just write that song again. And, and, and that happened two or three more times, but this was the real, obvious point at which he went hey or someone mm. around him whether it be mm. he or someone else went hey this could be a thing now and, and he didn't have the decency to call it the same old song
4: yeah like holland dozier holland did with um the four top songs okay <laughs> 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 i would say that
1: okay just just to write him off and then he go <laughs> um
3: so yeah I would, i'd say please forgive
1: me please forgive me is the worst song yeah Tim Coyle, what's the worst oh, by now song? It's, it's, <laughs> tough, it's a
2: tough one. It, the, the, worst, the worst songs. I mean, look, there's so many stand-up candidates. So You've got Vanilla Ice. Oh, yeah, but. How can you there? stay mad at that? <laughs> <laughs> You've got Melissa Coups' Read My Lips. Still. You know, pretty terrible. And, you know, there were the, they're the ones such as Daryl Braithwaite's The Horses. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, um, Mr. Big (laughs) 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 Jesus Christ (laughs) but you know you gotta be and look almost every song we covered in that last podcast yeah. uh, we finished with blue for fuck's sake yeah, yeah nah, and, and nonetheless yeah. <laughs> and nonetheless one song just tops all of them for just sheer ferocity of awfulness go on and that's awful love okay <laughs> by Brian Adams <laughs> Rod Stewart And fucking Sting. sting. (laughs) Fuck that guy, fuck that guy, and fuck that guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tim Byron. Well, you
4: guys want me to choose another Brian Adams song? No, no, I am not going to. Don't. I'm going to choose Read My Lips by Melissa. Really? No, you're not not Truly Madly Deeply. Not Truly Madly Deeply. Um, Truly Madly Deeply is up there. But Truly Madly Deeply is a song that I recognise as being it's good in a certain kind of way. Mm. Like, I recognise that, like, my dislike of it is partly about me
3: rather than about right. the song. Yep, fair enough.
4: Whereas, Melissa, how the fuck is that a number one? <laughs> <laughs> how the fuck is that a song? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just so badly put together. Like, I listen to it and think, you know, did you did you spend, like, 20 <laughs> minutes on this? And not in a good way. It's just, like... You know, I, I listen to the Brian Adams stuff, like the Please Forgive Me and the Awful Ones and stuff, and I see what he's doing. Sure. Like, what he is <laughs> doing is not something I am into. Squeezing the life out of all of us. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I listen to that and I can see why those are number ones. Yeah, but you can't even see what she's doing. Yeah, with, with this Melissa song, I listen, to it, I listen to it and I was just like, what is, why? And, and then I remember, oh yeah, there's a video clip and she's like got a lot of cleavage and that's why. Yeah. But, like, it's just, like, as a song, it's just, like, there's nothing there. It's just so badly put together. Like, it, of all the songs in the 90s, with a possible exception, exception of Blue, I Would Beat Off The Guy by I'm 65. <laughs> it's the worst put together. There's kind of nothing there for anybody now. And I can't imagine anyone listening to Melissa in 2014 on a non-ironic level and ever liking that song, whereas I'm sure Brian Adams still has fans. Fair
1: enough. Danny? You know what? Tim Cole took me into it. The horses by Daryl. <laughs> P- <laughs> it
3: really is. Like ever
1: since, I've, when I when that song has sort of gotten my orbit since we talked about it that week. Because it got, has. It has. <laughs> it's just a crime, and it just appeals to the worst people in the world. So fuck you, Daryl. Um, so that leaves <laughs> right, us with a nice last, one. Yeah, like ending on a note of positivity. Yeah. Best song. So, so, Uh you know what? Because we started with them, and also, I'm not going to start with myself. Go on. The song that so when I did best song, I actually looked at. I went to my iPod, plugged it in, went on iTunes, and then put most sorted by most played. Yeah. Mm. And and, and then that by a like...
3: song that came up on ninety percent here. Yeah, and yeah. then
1: and the one that was most played is still my favorite. It is a song that I will. I just will go to my grave loving. I know everything about it, I know every note, I'll sing you everything, which is rushed by Big Audio Dynamite. It is someone pouring a bucket of pure joy over my head. Mm-hmm. It is just amazing. Rhythm and melody. Rhythm, Rhythm and, and melody. melody. Peter Sellers. Tim Coyle. Yeah, it's a it's a
2: tough one, so this, you know, even though we're all a little bit disdainful of chart music in spite <laughs> of everything that we've said before. There's, there's actually some really great stuff that we've covered. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, stuff like Young MC's Bust a Move, mm. Let's Talk About Sex, um, uh, some good early candidates. Joyride by Roxette was definitely in the reckoning for me. Um, Richard Marx's Hazard mm-hmm. um, definitely came into my consideration, but look, for mine, the best song we covered... Um, without question was Don't Go Now by Ratcat.
1: Okay. Yeah, I thought about Ratcat.
2: Yeah.
4: Tim Byron. I also thought about Ratcat, and I also thought about Don't Go Now. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it? (laughs) Um, so yeah, so that's it. Um, yeah, Don't Go Now by Ratcat. Um. It's a great song. It it is a great song. And and it's funny in a way, because this is a song that, um, if you read The Sell-In by Craig Matheson in the history of, like, how Ratcat were perceived at the time... Don't Go Now was the point where they were perceived to have sold out to, like, become mainstream to, like, the alternative people as far as he's concerned, and I guess he was old at the time and probably But that's just said, the
1: seven people who bought fucking pavement records at Waterfront. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The rest of us discovered <laughs> them at that time. <laughs> but yeah, and that's
4: it. Like, I probably discovered them through through that song in particular because I was away when um, That Ain't Bad came to yeah. public attention. I was in, in England at the time, and so I came back and there was this song that was on TV that was bright and colourful and cartoonish. Um, literally it had cartoons in the video clip and they were, um, you know, having fun and like this video clip was great and bright and shiny. And I was like, wow, this is cool. And so I wanted to know more. And so it was, yeah, probably the first okay. Australian band that I paid lots and lots of attention to apart from Midnight Oh, I guess thinking about it, but, um, yeah, as a, as a song, it's just beautiful. And I just love the way it starts, like in the way and the sound of his voice as he sings like, you know, I've been looking around for some kind of feeling, some kind of sensation, like, there's just something about the sound of it that I don't get tired of. So yeah, don't go now by Racket.
1: I agree. It's not just a great song. It's also a very important one.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Casey. Um,
1: so. Final word.
3: Yeah. Well, there you go. Mm. So look, the Rat Cat songs are obviously amazing songs, but you know what? I'm basing this on a bit of a, a bit of a, a surprise factor and just how much I loved it when it came up on the podcast and have continued to love it <laughs> since. <laughs> Um, Mr. Big. (laughs) And so, look, um, there are things like, you know, Love Shack is one of the best songs in the world ever. Um, Those Rat songs are fantastic. Rush was definitely well up there for me. And actually, I've got two songs on my list that I kind of had to choose between. And Rush was one of them. And Boobastic was the other. (laughs) How bizarre. Um... (laughs) And the other one Tim Coyle actually mentioned, I'm sorry, it's Joyride by Roxette.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a great song.
3: Yeah, it just... And that's one of those songs that I listened to Um so much more even after we'd recorded that episode, mm-hmm. you know? It was one of those yeah. ones I just kept going back to and just picking apart, continue to pick apart, because we picked it apart a lot on that yeah. episode because there's just so much to talk about in this song. And I just kept listening to it and continue to do yeah. so and just thinking how amazingly well Put together, performed, written, constructed, produced. Mm. It is.
4: And I think one of my better posts on the blog um, was actually about that song. And yeah. And yeah. so it's worth reading if you. No, oh, I,
3: I I agree definitely, and you we because that's when we talked about that hook every second seven seconds thing, yeah, and yeah. then you went on the blog and actually, explain uh, explain every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So so rock gets my vote on that one.
4: Fantastic. It's interesting. Mm. We've all picked songs from '91. Did we? Yeah. Rush? Yeah. Rush is 91. Yeah, right.
3: Well, there you go. Don't
4: go down, 91. Roxette, 91. 91. Wow. Yeah. Great wow. year of good year. Same yeah. year
1: that some album called Nevermind came out that we never talked about. Um <laughs> <and> never will. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention the elephant in the room. Yeah, look, we will probably come up with an <laughs> idea. There's a couple of ideas for us to do something else later on, but we'll probably take a few weeks break as well before we do it, but we really want to thank everyone for listening to this, uh, the friends of the podcast who have stuck with us, uh, in particular, people like Kelly, Kenneth, uh, Stephen Green, and people who like, uh, Robert Atkins, and, and if I haven't manch- mentioned you, but like there's ones that come Dan Wigmore. Dan Wigmore.
3: Yep. Uh, Mindy Wells. A uh, b- bunch of people who just kept commenting, kept. Um,
4: yeah. Great. And from my side of things, like lots of my school friends listen, like Ben and um, uh, Bjorn, my friend Bjorn listens, and um, yeah. a few other of my school friends listen. And also, we've got listeners in Germany uh like there's a pop listeners music, yeah. plural yeah. <laughs> um, marty who's fiona's boyfriend yeah oh, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. He, he listens and there's a pop music academic who somehow discovered it who, who listens to it <laughs> and, and i was just like okay <laughs> So and, hi Ralph,
1: <laughs> and and don't oh, know no, yeah when i was but also all that all our, our significant others
3: yeah uh, mel uh uh, Joe who has not listened to a single episode <laughs> yeah Emma hasn't listened to one episode and JD, sure. listens to them all
1: yes yeah. yeah, J.D. in particular thank you yeah yeah, um, absolutely who probably should
2: have been on the podcast
1: really Yes, yeah, some ways. Sh- but it's too late for her now <laughs> she would be the Yoko <laughs> uh, yeah. and yeah and for me hey thanks to Tim Coyle Tim Barr and Casey Atkins for this crazy idea that we had sticking with us every most Thursday nights and putting this together and putting up with you putting up with me and going, putting up with uh, Brian Adams and like really there were times where I just thought hey this is really hard but where no one's complaining mm. no one's not putting their best in and we did it we this is one of those stupid pub ideas that someone has that was, sounds great and the compliments I've had is that this is such a thing where you talk about at the pub about trying to do and you never do the fact that we've done it Thank you, guys. Thank you for thank you. joining <laughs> the this. The fact journey. that
2: we
3: stay drunk.
1: <laughs> 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 and thank <laughs> you, From Danny, hub for...
3: conversation through and, to the end. And thank you, Danny, for holding it together as well. Yeah. Like, is, is um... And mostly being the host, who's well, been, you, like, telling us what to do. Well, exactly. <laughs> like, I was going to say, like, I've hosted, like, twice, maybe three times. Uh, I Byron did once. it once. Uh, Quail did it two or three times. And it's a fucking hard job. And... Um, For the one who's done it, you know, ninety percent as it were of the times, (laughs) 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 Uh, it's it's been awesome. You've done an awesome job, so thank you.
1: Thank you, and thank you, look, thank you for everyone involved. We, I'm guessing, we will be back. We've got a couple of ideas on the table. Who knows? Um, So stick with us and keep this on your keep this subscribed feed, and we will definitely do something. and in the meantime we still kind of want iTunes comments and stuff but anyway we'll try to do stuff on the blog and everything but uh, until then we still don't know what happened to Mary We guess we'll have to come back and find out she beat off a guy <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening everyone <laughs> But we should get on with it, and he's last. Right. So I. Wow, well, I how to start I'm <laughs> <To>, oh.
0: <laughs> 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 So. <laughs> meow. <laughs> <laughs> this, is
1: <the laughs> this is the final episode oh. that we are doing for this podcast and so we wanted to just really wrap up what the 90s meant for us what what, what this 90s podcast is